podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. The day after Liverpool lift the Carabao Cup, after a penalty shootout following a nil-nil draw with Chelsea. Lots to talk about, lots to get into on this game, but the overriding feeling is one of joy, one of a little bit of relief as well, I think, just to finally win a domestic cup after a decade. It's been too long. These are competitions that we've always taken seriously and should be taking seriously every season. I believe a bad season for Liverpool should be winning a domestic cup and nothing else. And yesterday we just had so much good, so many great things that went our way, even though you would say we didn't play anywhere near our potential. Now, we had the big blow about 15 minutes before kickoff. It was announced Thiago Alcantara had gotten hurt in the warm-up and had to step out of the starting lineup. Nabi Keita, who wasn't expected to start, came up from the bench into the starting eleven. Harvey Elliott, who didn't expect to be involved at all, stepped onto the bench. The Reds lined up with Queeving Kelleher and goal. Jurgen Klopp sticking with the man who got into this final. Trent, Matip, Virgil, Robertson, Henderson, Fabinho, Naby Keita, Salah, Mane and Luis Diaz in attack. And for the first 10 minutes or so, you could tell something wasn't quite right. Naby and Andy Robertson on that left side struggled to get themselves settled. Once they did, they started to play well. And I thought both of them ended up having very good games. The right side was a big issue. Henderson didn't play well. Salah didn't play well. I don't want to focus on players not having good games, but those are just the facts of the game. Trent, I've seen some weird criticism of, I thought he was very good. Defensively, yes, he got caught a couple of times because he got absolutely no protection. Go and have a look at passing networks that you'll find on social media for Liverpool yesterday and for Chelsea. Have a look at where Mason Mount played. Have a look at where our right-sided midfielder played, and then you'll see why Mason Mount found himself running into our box unmarked on multiple occasions. Trent dealt well with what he had to deal with. Some of his passing was spectacular. A couple of great crosses, one in particular for Sadio Mane that Sadio should have done a bit better with. It was a fairly tense affair, but the first half produced some big chances. Sadio had one incredibly good chance, and Naby Keita shot from the edge of the area. 
Mendy made a save but pushed it into a central area. Sadio really should score, but Mendy makes an incredible save. Now, at the other end, they had a couple of big chances. Christian Pulisic broke into the box, met a cross, and should score, but Kelleher makes a brilliant save. And it's a save that's been overlooked because I think at first glance, people just thought it hit Kelleher. It didn't. There's a purposeful move of his arm to stop the ball. It's a phenomenally good save. Mason Mount missed the sitter, laid on, put it wide. Sadio had missed that headed chance. He missed it by quite a lot. In fact, it was probably going to go for a throw-in if it had had enough power on it. But it was a really good chance, especially for a guy like Sadio, who is good in the air. The midfield battle, after that first 15 minutes, Fabinho and Naby did get control of it. Now, Kovacic was sensational for them. But most of his best work was defensively. And Golo Kante, I thought Naby Keita did a tremendous job up against him. And I thought he won that battle between the two of them. Second half, again, it's a little bit harried in the first 10 minutes. We came out quite flat. They were much more on top. And they had some good chances. Mason Mount hit the post when he really should do better. But we grew back into it. And again, Naby and Fabinho started to take control of the middle of the park. Luis Diaz was just absolutely on one down the left. Tore Trevo Chalaba apart. He had a great chance that he worked for himself. Salah would have a big chance after being fed through by, by Sadio. He lifted it over the keeper but didn't get enough power on it. It was going wide and Thiago Silva got back and cleared it anyway. But over the 90 minutes, you would say we were the better team. Now, they finished the game a little bit stronger. On 75, Jordan Henderson was hooked and replaced by Harvey Elliott. Naby was taken off and replaced by James Milner. Milner didn't get into the game at all, really. He, as things went on, he played a couple of good passes. But for the 15 between when he came on and the end of the game, he did struggle to kind of get up to the tempo of it. Harvey tried his best to make things happen, started playing some nice triangles with Trent and Moe, but they just weren't working as you would have hoped. And Sadio was replaced by Diogo Jota. Again, that one didn't really work. Jota clearly wasn't fit enough to play and probably should have been left on the bench, though he did step up in the penalty shootout, and we'll get to that. Into extra time, Ibu comes on for Matip. Matip had had a goal disallowed. And I still don't understand why. Now, I, I get that Virgil is in an offside position. And I get that technically he blocks Reese James's run. But he doesn't do anything other than stand still. Trent's ball to Mane at the back post. Mane heads it across and Joel Matip heads home from a yard out. Having scored the greatest goal in the history of Anfield uh, in the in midweek, Joel would then score the greatest goal in the history of Wembley, uh, only to see it chalked off. Uh, congrats to the guy who cashed out his bet. He had, I believe it was £50 pounds 
on Joel Matip to score a header within the 90 minutes at 40 to 1. And he cashed out as soon as the goal went in before the VAR review and got himself over two grand. That worked well for that guy. Um, the other moment of controversy in the 90 was a challenge between Nabi Keita and Chalaba. And Chalaba's had himself a big old cry on social media about having had to get stitches. The fact of the matter is, they both went in with their feet raised. But Nabi went in with a flat foot and Chalaba went in with a studs up. If either of them were, play- were dangerous, it was him. He just has longer legs and the ball was moving towards him. So his natural momentum got him to the ball first. And Nabi caught him. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. It's not a red card. It was reviewed and no further action was taken. Not even a free kick to Chelsea. So, you know, they'll have a cry. That's what they do. In extra time, they had a couple of goals disallowed because they were offside. Simple as that. Because they were offside. Nothing else. Extra time was largely uneventful. Diaz continued to torment them until he was replaced by Divock Origi. Salah struggled to get into the game. Fabinho continued to be exceptional in the middle of the park. Virgil was phenomenal. Kelleher came up with a couple of big saves. I think one of them was just at the end of regulation time um, from Lukaku, who swiveled at the front post and got a shot off. Really good save. Kelleher was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant through the 120 minutes. Flawless handling, commanding his box, great kicking, made big saves. Likewise for them, Mendy was was absolutely outstanding. But the turning point of the game, without question, is in the 118th minute, they make a change in goal. They bring off Mendy and bring on Kepa. Now, the logic behind it is that Kepa is a better penalty saver than Mendy. There is substantial evidence to support that. However, it didn't quite go to plan. Into penalties we go. And you have to love it. Milner wins the toss and decides that they'll shoot towards the Liverpool goal. Jorginho then has the choice of do we kick first or do we kick second? Now, given he was on the fifth penalty, I think he decided to shoot second because it would mean he would take the tenth and last penalty, potentially giving him all of the glory if a Liverpool player had missed before him. But James Milner stepped up and put it home. You knew he was going to score. Marcus Alonso stepped up. And he scored. Fabinho steps up and does a Penenka. Clips it right down the middle. Romelu Lukaku steps up and scores. Then you have the most alpha penalty you're ever going to see. You'll never see anything like this again. Kepa rather than standing in the middle of his goal like a normal human being, is trying to play mind games. He's Billy Big Bollocks. He's standing on the edge of a six-yard box, staring at our players, waving his arms around, dancing side to side. For Virgil, he stands 
halfway between the midpoint of the goal and his right-hand side post, left-hand side, as Virgil lines up to take it. And he stands there. And he gives Virgil three quarters of the goal to put the ball into. And Virgil decides, no, no, I'm going to put the ball where I want to put the ball, which is on the side you're standing. And he takes two steps and absolutely leathers the ball past Kepa. Kepa dives, doesn't get close to it, and looks at Virgil with a look of pure dismay. And Virgil just stares at him. As if to say, I'm the biggest man in this room. Stay down, little boy. So you get the Fabinho Pananka, and then you get Virgil doing that to him. At that point, we weren't missing unless we actually missed the goal. He wasn't saving anything. He was completely done at that point. Havertz made it 3-3. Trent steps up. Brilliant penalty. 4-3 to Liverpool. Reese James makes it 4 all, And then Salah steps up. You knew he was scoring. He scores. No questions asked. Jorginho steps up. As Jorginho is walking towards it, Salah is walking back. And he says to him, don't jump. He did jump. He did score. And into sudden death we go. Jota's up next. No hassle. He scores. Rudiger up for Chelsea. He scores. Divock Origi steps up. You have a little moment of pause. Then you realise it's a big game. It's Divock. Of course he's scoring. And Divock scores. There's no problem. Kante steps up. Kante looked nervous. But it's a good penalty and he scores. Andy Robertson steps up. Big puff of the cheeks. Simple as anything. Scores his goal. Then came the one you thought really could miss. Timo Werner. It's not a good penalty. Kelleher almost gets to it. But it goes in. Harvey Elliott steps up. The guy who wasn't meant to be in the match day squad. A, a kid. Steps up. And scores like it's nothing. Scores like there isn't 85,000 people watching him. Thiago Silva steps up and scores. Ibu Kanate up next. His is the only Liverpool penalty that wasn't brilliant. It's still a good penalty. He got plenty of power on it, and that power took it past Kepa. Kepa did get his hand to it, but couldn't keep it out. Trevo Chalaba stepped up, and credit to the lad, he scores. And then you realise the goalkeepers are next. And you start to feel a little bit calm because Cuevin Kelleher was an outfield player till he was 15. He played Gaelic football growing up. This kid knows how to strike a football. He's also very good with his feet. You don't really have any concerns. He steps up and it's a brilliant penalty. Now, he described it himself as a little bit hit and hope. Absolutely not, Kev. Absolutely not, my son. Get yourself your your credit. It's a brilliant penalty. And then Kepa steps up. Now, look, it's not the fact that 
Tuchel made the sub to bring him on because he's a penalty expert. It's not the fact that he didn't save any of our 11 penalties. Those are not the funny parts. The funny parts are, number one, him acting like an absolute mug and trying to stare at our players, trying to put them off, trying to break their nerve. And then him stepping up and sending his penalty about 60 yards back into the crowd. He cleared the crossbar by a good five feet. A rugby player would be proud of it as a conversion. It's absolutely sensational. There's a brilliant video going around. Someone is filming the crowd. You see the Liverpool fans explode in celebration. And about three seconds later, the ball comes into view and lands way, way back. Absolutely magnificent stuff. Kelleher leads the celebrations, as it should be. All the players get involved. Massive, massive, massive celebrations. Nobody enjoyed this, this cup win more than Costa Simicus. Absolutely nobody. I didn't know he was going to give the trophy back to anyone else. He was absolutely loving life. Couple of great moments. One where they gave the cup to Taki and made him go forward and get his acclaim. You can tell that the players really like him. You can tell that there's something there with Taki that everybody loves. Jurgen Klopp was dancing, celebrating. It was brilliant. Great from Henderson to push Kelleher forward on his own with the cup to get his pictures taken. Kelleher deserves so much credit. And I thought Klopp's words on Alison Becker after the game were brilliant, where he said he told Alison, you won't be playing. I'm going to play Queeving. And Alison replied, that's good. When we win, his picture can go on the wall. There's a wall in the goalkeeper's area at the AXA training ground with all the goalkeepers who've won something for Liverpool. And now Queeving Kelleher gets his picture there. And that's something that he will always have. This memory. It doesn't matter what happens in his Liverpool career from now on. He was the starting goalkeeper in a cup final as Liverpool won a major honour. And speaking of major honours, Manchester United fans, Statman Dave, to, uh, to be specific about who it was, attempting to... attempting to make it seem like Manchester United are level with Liverpool in terms of major honours won by including Community Shields. So, Community Shields are not a major honour. It's a pre-season friendly. They can call it what they want, but the fact of the matter is there's been loads of them shared over the years. And you don't actually have to win anything to qualify for the Community Shield. You can finish second in the league, not win the Cup, and get your invite to the Community Shield. It's a nonsense. It's a pre-season friendly, and in truth, it should be replaced by something else. Real trophies, league titles, FA Cups, League Cups, European Cups, UEFA Cups, Cup Winners Cups, Fairs Cups, European Super Cups, and World Club Cups. Now, I'm not a big fan of the European Super Cup, but you do have to win either the Champions League or the UEFA Cup to get there. 
I'm not a big fan of the World Club Cup, but you do have to win the European Cup to get there. So, you know, it is a cup. We're taking it. And how it breaks down. Liverpool have won 49. Manchester United have won 45. You've got Arsenal on 31. Chelsea on 28. City on 22. Aston Villa on 21. Tottenham on 17. And Everton on 15. Liverpool on 49 there. Back on the perch. And a nice little gap to the next in line. And the funniest thing is, I was thinking of this last night, Alex Ferguson talked about knocking us off our perch. So let's consider now, this is under Jurgen Klopp. This is the fifth trophy won. Champions League, European Super Cup, World Club Cup, Premier League, and now League Cup. So before Jurgen Klopp, we had 44. United had 45, the last two of which came under Jose Mourinho. So it was Mourinho who knocked us off our perch, not Alex Ferguson, because remember, Van Hal won the FA Cup as well. So their last three trophies have come under non-Fergie managers. When Ferguson left, United had 42. Trophies won, and we still had 44. So, for all this huffing and puffing and blowing big houses down, the big bad wolf never quite managed to knock us off our perch. I bet he's crying today. I bet he's crying. I also saw someone say, and I thought this was interesting, that there should be some sort of weightings system so that a European Cup is seen as more than a league title. So I come up with this point system. I'd like everybody's feedback on this. Throw it in Discord. Tweet me at ETL Index. Let me know what you think. 10 points for a European Cup. 8 for a league title. 6 for a UEFA Cup or Cup Winners Cup. 4 for an FA Cup or World Club Cup. 2 for a League Cup or Fairs Cup or European Super Cup. How about something like that? Does that work? Because if we go by that, Liverpool would have 288 points. United would have 270. Arsenal would have 172. Chelsea, 142. Villa, 106. City, 102. Everton, 98. And Spurs, 66. Now, you then obviously had United fans cribbing and crying that, you know... The European Cup is worth more, and you ha- or the, the sorry, the Premier League is worth more. You've you've got to give the Premier League more points. So I flipped it round, um, and it still worked out that Liverpool had more points. United had three hundred and four, and Liverpool had three hundred and twelve. So no matter what way you look at them, Liverpool are the most successful club in English football. That's just how it is. The most successful club. In English football, I, I like my original weighting system more of ten for the European Cup and, and eight for the for the uh, the league. It's harder to win the European Cup. You have to win. Well, you don't have to win the league. Obviously, you can finish in the top four. But when we won the first four of our European Cups, you had to win the league. 
United don't know anything about that. They only won one in those days and most of their fans weren't even alive to see it. So, uh, yeah, that's that. Let me know what you think of that waiting system, though. Uh, to move around the main Liverpool sites quickly, obviously, massive focus on the game yesterday. Lots and lots to be read on This Is Anfield. Do check all of that out. Um, can I just say, though, to the people at the Echo, uh, I News, and uh, this is Anfield readers, to have Naby Keita voted lowest in terms of player ratings, you're all a bunch of idiots. Uh, there was only one midfielder who had a poor game, and you know who it was. Uh, Liverpool.com, again, lots of post-match coverage. There's some stuff about Thiago and what the situation is, is with his injury. Uh, lovely to note that Luis Diaz has more trophies in one month at Liverpool than every player who's played for Everton has since 1995. That's always fun. Um, yeah, lots to be had there. There's a there's a piece on Rafinha. There's a piece on that looks like Darwin Nunes. Do check out Liverpool.com. And then check out AnfieldIndex.com. Lots of new pieces up there. The final countdown, Klopp versus Pep, the numbers behind the rivalry. What should Liverpool do with Joe Gomez? Key stats as triumphant Liverpool win the Carabao Cup. All good stuff there. And, of course, there are a couple of podcasts. There's a new Anfield Index podcast, Ode to Joy, Trev, Cam and Lisa Marie. There is a post-match role called the first of four, which I think some of the players are leaning into as well. And then there is a Carabao Cup car pod. Uh, Gags, Cam and Harinder on the way back from the game. And let's just address Gags Tandon now, who seems to think he is no longer the jinx. That's not how it works, Gags. You, um, you caused Thiago to get injured just by being in the stadium. And you caused us all heart palpitations. Shameful stuff. There'll be more on that on an old school at some point this week. But I'm going to leave it there and I'll see you tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.